0: Hey everybody! Welcome to episode 29 of Funny Blunt Truth. I'm Don here with Dave. We have a special guest with us. He is the lead singer of progressive metal group Vale of Maya, uh, who are actually heading to Europe for a tour with Born of Osiris and a few other bands here pretty soon. uh, To totally build you guys up in July, Metal Insider.net. Named your band as one of the heaviest bands on tour right now. Um, and everything's been reinvigorated with this new singer. uh, Lucas, thanks for being on the show. Of course. Happy to be here.
1: Yeah, thanks for being on, Lucas. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Now, I did want to hit on some things initially. I, I know you say, I think tomorrow you're leaving on a tour to Europe. This isn't your first time in Europe, though, right?
2: No, nope, the band's been there several times, and this uh will be my third time there actually.
0: Anything you look forward to, especially out there, the food?
2: Yeah, we're uh, we're we're visiting Hungary again and playing there, and that's where my my great grandparents had come from. So I'm pretty excited
0: to go back. That's awesome. I was actually going to ask you that because Magyar sounds like a very Hungarian name. Yeah, <laughs> Magyar is it means Hungarian. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, it's interesting you say that, cause I noticed, uh, I watch Formula One, and every time the Hungarian Grand Prix is out there, it's always the Magar, uh, Grand Prix, however it is in Hungarian, and, uh, I was, I, d- I didn't know that, uh, that's what it stood for.
2: Yeah, our, um is actually all over their currency there, so the first time I was there, I actually brought some currency back and gave it to family, it was pretty interesting to see our last name printed on bills and coins.
1: <laughs> that's that's wild. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Europe is on my bucket list. I would like to visit Europe just to explore the castles. It looks absolutely beautiful over there.
2: Yeah, some of the areas are pretty amazing. Uh We took a a visit up to this castle that was right in the Bay of the Sea, and it was pretty majestic looking. We had a good time.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, see, I'll tell you what. I lived in Europe for a short period of time, about three years, and that was awesome. But the food was the best. If there's one thing I could go back for, it would just be the food, honestly. Um that's what I enjoy the most. I can't
2: can't but, uh, say I've yeah, had the pleasure. Some, <laughs> they have some good dishes
0: over there. Yeah. Um, let me get on to. Uh, you're not new to the band per se, but you're new to the band. Uh You just joined what two years ago now? Just about, not quite two years. But yep. Can Can you go over? So you 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 started uh, making your own music, and I listened to Arms of Empire yep so, yeah and I think that was produced all on your own, right? You tracked the drums, the vocals, the guitar, I think even a family member did the uh cover art Am I correct yeah, on that? Uh,
2: yeah, a couple of the instruments, like drums and things were programmed, but guitars I tracked and vocals i tracked and and actually wrote it all, but yeah, that band's still moving forward and working on some new things that we're pretty excited about.
0: So, what's it like going from something that's kind of like a a home project or you know a, a hobby by passion to then going and getting with this with a band that's signed to a record label and now you guys have you know much larger funding you have more time maybe can you can you just kind of go over what the difference is between that Cause of you
2: know uh it's interesting because you know one project is very uh dear to me and, and I spend. A lot of hours on on making things sound exactly the way i want and stepping into veil was a lot different to be expected and it's cool because in in this atmosphere i just kind of play my role which caters more to just my vocal ability and my lyrical writing styles and my um melodies and rhythmic writing styles and things so my job in veil is a little bit easier i would say i'm not as responsible for so much but i do enjoy the control uh, of my projects back home and um, I, I enjoy the the respect of the guys who I work with and the ideas that they also put forth. And it's just fun to be in that atmosphere as well.
0: Hmm. Now, when you're talking about singing, using your own voice and stuff, I've always been curious, what's the training like? Because they always talk about stamina when you're doing singing and screaming transitions, which is super difficult. Uh, what's the training like physically for all that stuff?
2: It's It's almost like, being an athlete without actually having to be good at sports that's kind of how i would describe it because you you do need to have like the physical stamina of like you know being very active and being able to have a lot of energy on stage and not die out that way but then the vocal stamina is kind of its own different thing and its own training um like you can't go out for a jog and set your certain pace and and become better at singing that way you know it'll it'll get your physical stamina up of course, what you do need, but then you have to spend just as much time working on, you know, hitting certain registers, a certain amount so you can handle these songs that are up in that register. Or if it's, you know, like the lower register you're working on, you have to spend the time doing that. So it can get pretty grueling, but I enjoy it and I was an athlete growing up. So that aspect, having to be physically active is, uh, isn't something that's new to me.
1: That's awesome. That means you have a uh, good wind. Um Lucas, I, I got a question, if I could throw one in there, Don. Uh Lucas, some um, um I just wanna know your opinion. Like do you think singing singing ability is something that you're born with or something you can totally work on and be really good, a good singer?
2: <clears throat> it's a little bit of both. And I think a lot of it really comes down to confidence. You know, the People who are just going to go for it at a young age, they aren't necessarily going to care what people are are thinking because they're just singing out of passion. And Mm -hmm. those people grow up to be phenomenal singers, you know, and some people kind of come in later when the confidence is more of an issue because they're a little Mm -hmm. bit more self-conscious and things like that. But. Those people can, you know, become just as great as anyone else out there. So it's definitely most of it. I think is is truly confidence and, you know, just the willingness to learn something new and and uh, to not be
0: afraid if people kind of look at you weird sometimes. So is that mental strength a big part of it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I've noticed it a lot just, you know, from experience and dealing with things when I was um kind of younger. I started singing when I was about fifteen, or sixteen. I think fifteen was when I started actually singing Mm -hmm. 18 was when i took it seriously but i started dabbling with different instruments when i was 15 and it was definitely a lot easier to sit down and play a drum kit or a guitar in front of somebody than it was to sit down and sing a song in front of somebody for the first time it took a little bit of getting used to
1: yeah I, i i could imagine uh nerves um is probably like a big hurdle when you're like in a concert you know when you're first starting in front of like hundreds of thousands of people how big of an obstacle is like nerves
2: for me, I always enjoyed like the spotlight type thing. It's just always fun for me. I've always tried to be like the funny guy and and get people's attention. So once I was comfortable singing in front of a person, once I was just comfortable letting that side of me out, it really mm-hmm. didn't matter how many people were there. Um, I, I mean, honestly, it's almost more nerve-wracking if you're just sitting down with friends and family, you know, because mm-hmm. your friends and family are going to critique you kind of harshly. So if it's something around a fire, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's more of a big deal than staring out and seeing hundreds <laughs> of thousands of people because, you know, it's just an entirely different thing.
0: Yeah. Do you have a fear of making mistakes in front of those people? Not your family, like when you go out in front of a crowd?
2: <laughs> yeah. It's just something that happens.
0: Mm-hmm. So you just, you just handle it as it's, it comes, but there's not yeah, like a...
2: I definitely work on it and, uh, you know, I take note of the things that I'm kind of having a problem with and there's definitely good ways to work around them live so you still can sound Mm -hmm. good and not sound like you're struggling. But yeah, there's definitely instances where I'm, I know that I need to work on something and it's usually, it's hard to train and tour. So that's what sucks is you have Mm -hmm. to deal with that issue through the entire tour and you have to wait till you get home to actually train on it. So it it gets frustrating to a bit, but I try to just put it in the back of my mind and not worry about it.
0: Yeah. No, I, go ahead, Don. I, I do have a, I do have a question I've actually, uh, you kind of brought up that, uh, made me think of this, sorry. But, uh, back in the day when, when the screaming thing really first started coming on the scene, there was no, uh, vocal coaches for it, at least I should say. Like people would just, uh, go out there and do it. And I remember even the guy from Under Oath was saying he would front load all the songs in the very beginning, like all the heaviest songs right in the very beginning of their set because usually it's what tired them out the most. And at the time, mm-hmm. he was still, even then, they were still touring him pretty big. But then once they found a lot of this, uh, this lady called Melissa Cross or whatever, uh, there's people that do the vocal training now for, uh, for the singing and the screaming and all that. Is that kind of, you feel like changed the game a little bit where now it's more of like a, a profession where it's not more, you know, like it seemed back in the day, people would do it and then they would just blow out their vocal cords and that would be the end of it.
2: Yeah, I actually had work with Melissa too. Um, shortly I did a couple tours and then, we did some work together, um, and it was great because I definitely noticed that I had more energy on stage, and it kind of gave me a little bit more control over everything. Um, so it is a bit of a game changer, and it is, you know, still kind of a new thing <clears throat> in music. Um, so there aren't really that many teachers, and, you know, having someone like her around is definitely a great thing moving forward for this genre.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Dave, um, do you have something you were going to hit yeah, on?
1: Yeah, I had, Sorry. A, I had a question. Um <laughs> Obviously, I'm not I'm not a, a singer. I don't do concerts. So I'm just curious of like, um, like, what does it feel like? What do you do you get like a rush singing in front of a, a bunch of people? Is it like an adrenaline dump? Like, what does it do for you?
2: Exactly, it's just you're full of adrenaline, especially, you know, on when you're having a great show and you know the crowds interacting a lot. It it's just wild. It's really I don't know, it's just like anything that that you're passionate about doing it or doing when you're when you're in that moment, you're just kind of locked in on on what's happening. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's just all those distractions of everyday life just kind of go away and it's it's just that 45 second period of having nothing to worry about and truly having control over what's happening around you.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, so, speaking about your music, sorry to jump on you there, Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, going into it a little bit, the last album, Matriarch, you guys came out with, there is a very, uh, heavy undercurrent of strong female characters. Um I noticed you got a lot, of, Lilu from The Fifth Element, I know that one, Mikasa from Attack on Titan, cause that was one of your major releases, uh, Dan Ray's from, uh, Game of Thrones, I think I probably mispronounced that, uh, and so on and so forth. What's, what's the deal with strong female characters in this album?
2: That was just kind of a concept Mark had grasped onto, um, even before I had joined. And then when I came on, I learned about the idea, and I thought that was great. Um, We didn't speak too much of it. I was still given my freedom to pretty much write the way I write, but I kept that in mind and just kind of kept the lyrics um, about a certain mindset that I believe any character who would have the responsibilities that these characters had would, would have to maintain throughout the things that they had to go through.
0: Dave, did you have something you were gonna, I, I jumped on top of you there again, sorry.
1: No, no, you're good, you, you're good. <laughs>
0: Alright, would, would it be fair to say <clears throat> that your clean singing style, style, sorry, is more of like a, uh, an R&B type sound? It reminds me a lot of like old school Johnny Craig. Is that a fair assumption or? Yeah, I assertion? Mean, the,
2: it, it really came from listening to like Paramore and uh, Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Discos and, and, and just hearing the the control that these singers had over their voice and the different types of ways they can make the texture sound. And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the aspect of having the R&B flavor, but also having that texture and aggressiveness that rock carries. Um, mm-hmm. So really it just came from listening to bands like that when, when I was younger.
0: Hmm. It's. Int- I find that really interesting because there's a lot of bands in this genre that do singing as well as screaming, but I think their singing is always just. And I don't know if like you know it's like the same chord or the same tone, um, constantly. And I I know when uh, Matriarch came out, and I'd been listening to Veil vale for quite a number of years. All of my friends have actually, and uh, we were used to that. And then when this came out, it was one of those things. It's like, wow, he's not just singing, but I mean, you're actually you know modulating tone and stuff. I don't know if that's I'm I'm not super, super in on all the uh, terminology. I just know what I like. But, uh yeah, I don't, was that an active choice? I mean, you know, to, to include that in, in a genre that typically doesn't have it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it just widened the sound. Uh, and, I mean, there's a lot of textures to the voice that people aren't really aware of. Even people who sing every day aren't – they aren't all aware of the different capabilities that they have just because they haven't really – played around with it but you know i've i've been in a lot of different styles of bands and i, I listen to a lot of different styles of music a lot of my uh, vocal style influence does come from straight r&b and things like that you know as well as bands like metallica and oh, stuff I like that metallica. so i just
0: yeah it's i mean metallica. i just
2: think that there's no reason to limit yourself and say oh we're doing this whatever style so i can't do i don't like i'm not trying to just do a style i mean you know, i just like to write what feels right to me and whatever texture of voice fits it best when I'm singing it
1: is what I'm going to use. Mm-hmm. That's got to help the band um also stand out, you know, being original and having your own style and uh, not trying to be like anybody else, you know, That definitely. Yeah,
2: definitely. You. And we we enjoy playing with it and kind of, you know, and, and the band in its own just instrumentally really is yeah. known for having its own style. And it's cool to just kind of have all these different dynamics to work with
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and not, and not be afraid to take chances and uh and, and, and try different things so i know exactly like, to that, me that's
2: that, what it's about you know like writing is about being progressive even if you're not mm-hmm. in a progressive band just progress as an artist and, and as mm-hmm. a individual and just you know do different things learn different things you know mm-hmm. try to master your craft become better at it than you were yesterday
0: mm-hmm. that, yeah. that's, does it sorry does it get like uh when you talk about progressing your music craft is it Interesting when you see somebody who's been doing the same trope singing-wise for years and they may be like a, a big star or they have a big following and, you know, a good amount of money, but they've never actually changed. Like they found one thing that works and they just keep doing it.
2: Yeah, I mean, if it works for them, you know, who's <laughs> to argue? But <laughs> that's, that's just point. not my approach on yeah. things, you know? And as I'm not knocking it either. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever that you're comfortable with is what you're comfortable with. I just, I can't I can't wake up every day and not know that I'm working at what I truly am passionate about and you know I'm, I I just have to try and get better at it.
1: Yeah. Um a uh, little uh back uh side story Lucas um Don Don got kind of upset at me cuz I said yeah I said you know what um, Lucas has a great <laughs> voice. He kind of reminds me of Chester Bennington from Linkin Park and I'm a, and I'm a big Linkin Park fan. I don't like all their stuff but I do like a lot of their stuff. I like all types of music to be honest, but uh, Don's like, oh god, no. (laughs) So uh, but that was pretty funny. But that's a compliment. I hope you don't take that as anything. Uh,
2: No, I don't take that offensive whatsoever. I was, I, man, they were one of my favorite bands for sure, especially when right around when Meteor came out, I'd already been real into hybrid theory and Listen to that record to death, and then yeah. when they followed it up with *Meteor*, I was just astonished. I was, I was like, "This is my band right now."
1: Yeah, they definitely stood out. I, I, I love *Lincoln Park*. I didn't really care for this last album too much. I think they, you know, they tried something different. They deviated a little bit from their like typical sound, but you know, I commend them for trying it. But it just wasn't my cup of tea. I don't know if you heard the last album.
2: No, I haven't. I've lost touch with them, unfortunately. I wish I. I don't know really when in my my days probably in high school when I stopped listening to them, but it wasn't something like a conscious decision that I made. I just all of a sudden realized, wow, well, I haven't wait. listened to this band in a long time.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <clears throat> but I have a lot of respect for it, for that band. It was, they definitely uh had some sort of influence. I mean, just if it came down to the music I was listening to at that time in my life, you know, they were kind of at the forefront of
0: it. Yeah, I will say, in my, in my own defense, in my own defense, I was just saying, I didn't think you sounded like him when he was saying you did, but that's, that's all. I didn't want to sit down. I'm not ragging on Linkin Park or anything. Well, reminiscent, you know, (laughs) know, not exactly like him.
1: Uh, honestly, I think Lucas is more talented vocally, um, but kind of reminded me of Linkin Park a little bit.
0: Hey, just to hit on something here, now to bring it back to the album, I'm, I'm curious about some of this stuff because, you know, there's a lot of, uh, we talked to other music, uh, producers, musicians on, on the show, and, and they talk about the limiting factor about when you get signed to a record label, what they control, you know, with merchandise or whatever. And I noticed, I was reading up on you guys the other day, and you used the, the same girl, I'm gonna mispronounce this probably, but Natsumi Suzuki, was used for the music video for Mikasa and then she also ended up working it herself onto the, uh, the album cover. Um mm-hmm. and that's something that I don't think, uh, every record label would allow their band to do. What kind of relationship does that kind of show? That type of, uh, you know, uh, flexibility, uh, between the band and the record label?
2: Well, the relationship between Vale and Samarian is actually really great and we're really close with them. I mean, I can hit those guys up pretty much whenever and they always get back to us they've i mean the the label grew with veil vale, um and you know veil vale was like one of the first four bands signed so going to those guys about anything is pretty easy and as far as the record concept and the idea with the videos and the cover they were all for it and and, and in fact pushed it and thought it was great to have like she was like a symbol for us and you know it just seemed like it worked out really well
0: that's fantastic i can't believe that it's a, uh, it's pretty good stuff i mean Honestly, I don't think uh, a lot of bands get that kind of freedom. And the fact that you guys were there in the very beginning was it? Was it like a uh, Veil vale of Maya, and then I think like Born of Osiris and a few of the uh, after bands after the thing.
2: Burial and um, the Faceless, I believe, were the first four.
0: Now the Faceless, those guys. I mean, I enjoyed them, and their their music is pretty wild and out there. Um, what band right now do you think is like one of your favorite prog? Like, what are you jamming to right now, prog metal wise?
2: Oh man. You're asking me the wrong question right now. I mean, I'm, I'm in this world so much to where I'm just kind of like, I hear a lot of it. So it's not anything that I'm jamming recently. It, it's more of like, who I'm going to check out live. Cause when it comes to this music, it's definitely something that I would much rather see and experience live than sit down and listen to on record. Um, so I, I definitely say I like the way. I like the way volume stuff has been turning out lately, and they got a new spin on this newest record that they're going to be dropping soon. And uh I, I, I love watching Chelsea Grin live. So I'm warped. I watch those guys quite a bit. Definitely the band I watched most, I would say,
0: for the stage presence, performance,
2: it's everything. Their sound live is so tight. Yeah, it's, I mean, Ak Alex and I have a pretty good relationship, and just you know, watching him on stage and then talking to him afterwards, just like. He's just an all-around good guy. I love hanging out with those dudes and supporting him.
1: Um, Lucas, I have like a, a 2 part question for you. Um, so when you, when you first started like this journey and started taking it serious, um, did you have a lot of support or a lot of doubters like around you? And then the second question is uh, what, what's the biggest change for you like, you know, since re- reaching, you know, levels of like fame? What has changed your life the most?
2: I had a lot of support back home so that it was pretty easy to, you know, like get people to come out to shows and we're playing locally and things like that. It's been a lot of fun. I've even done some shows just acoustically by myself and it's always a great crowd. Um but I think, I think the most difficult thing is actually just being away from, from that group of people back home, the ones who do support me because I've never up until I was in Vail I had never been gone, you know, out of the, out of my home state for more than a week or anything like that. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much the most difficult thing to adjust to. And it, and it wasn't that hard, but, I mean, it was definitely the one thing that stood in my mind. Is There's a lot of work back home that I'm involved in, too, and being away from that for weeks on end is, it can get to me a little bit. But I just try to stay focused when I'm on the road and, and continue to do my job, and I'll worry about that stuff when I get back home.
1: Yeah, is it weird having fame though? Like does it trip you out? Like people coming up to you and autographs and messaging you and stuff like that?
2: No, I mean I definitely wouldn't categorize me as famous. uh I could pretty much walk anywhere and not be recognized unless I'm like at the show. Uh, very rarely does someone actually come up to me anywhere outside of a show or anything like that and recognize me. And, you know, even my social accounts aren't going too crazy. So that's not mm-hmm. – honestly, that's that not enjoyable. I think it's fun. It's just like meeting new people who want to talk about music. So
0: Cool. cool. Yeah, and a lot of times the bands will say uh, meet and creep when they have a meet and greet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Some
2: people can get pretty crazy, but most of the time they're just – they're they're great people. I enjoy it.
0: What's the, have you ever had a moment where somebody really, you know, affected you when they said something like, hey, your lyrics got me through such and such, you know, hard time in my life or something?
2: Yeah, I always really appreciate that because, I mean, as much as it sucks that people go through it, people do go through it and to know that, you know, that's, that's kind of why we're here is to do that type of thing and just to is put there, it out there that everyone's kind of going through the same type of stuff in their own way.
0: Is there one that stands out in your head like specifically like, wow, like that was almost like a tearjerker?
2: Um, well, the one that stands out as of recently was I was always I had this interview with a guy and he asked if I had seen any lyrics on anybody yet, and I was like, no, actually, I actually haven't seen that at the moment. He goes, oh well, you know, maybe you'll see something like that soon. Sure enough, within about two or three days, uh, a guy comes up to me at a show in Detroit, and this is actually during Warp Tour. He's like, dude, check it out, man! I loved it so much I had to get it tattooed on me, and it was some of the lyrics from Eris.
0: Wow, so that was pretty neat. That's awesome. That's got to be bizarre too, right? You know, like something that you've sat at yeah. home and you've written yeah, and then somebody gets tattooed on their own skin. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, That's cool pretty sure though. it's permanent. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it's not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of trippy when stuff like that happens. I mean, like we're we're not famous by any means, but, you know, when we get like a message from someone like, yeah, I listen to you guys, you know, on a ride to work or like while I'm at work. It's like, you know, people want to hear what we have to say. <laughs> Definitely a, a little weird It is, yeah, it is bizarre film, when somebody you
0: know? When somebody says like hey we enjoyed that and you're Like really? <laughs> that's amazing <laughs>
1: uh,
0: <laughs> what, What's What's the uh, Wildest tour story you have? I hate to go with like a very typical question But I'm curious because I know on tour you guys get in like any band really just has Wild things whether like van crashes or You know parties What's the craziest thing that's happened to you on tour?
1: Maybe you can't talk about it Oh
0: right? man Uh, that you can talk about, yeah, without getting in trouble.
2: The first time I was in Europe, uh, a guy who was riding on our bus, who was in one of the bands, actually fell out of the Mm -hmm. bus while I was on the freeway. What? We all got woken up to be questioned and everything about the instance, and it was just a crazy day.
0: So, how do you, how do you fall out of a van?
2: Drinking. That's, he did not die. Luckily, he's fine. He has some injuries, but, uh, or had some injuries, and I, I still think he's kind of working on getting over it, but yeah, he's, he's wow. alive and a very lucky man.
0: Holy lucky, congrats. I'll say. Yeah, that's, dude. Nine lives.
2: Yeah, I don't want to go too much into that one. That was, a uh, that was a crazy night. Yeah.
0: No, I completely understand. <laughs> but you asked. Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, <laughs> that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, and Dave, do you have a question, man? Sorry?
1: No, no, no. Uh, shoot, Don.
0: Did you, I thought you were starting with something. Do you have, to go back to, to, to writing lyrics, I'm curious, do you have a hard time laying lyrics on top of progressive music? Cause sometimes, sometimes when I listen to progressive bands and they come out with new stuff, like the lyrics do not match the, the song. And I know even the rhythms will be crazy, time signatures all over the place, but do you find that difficult?
2: It's a bit of a challenge, but it's, it's something I look forward to. I'm really used to doing it because, I mean, my band back home does some stuff that is pretty out there and, you know, I'm the one writing it and I have to figure out what I'm going to do over it. But, um it's just, it's something that I've grown really accustomed to doing. So, it's not too nerve-wracking.
1: <clears throat> um Lucas, I have a question. Uh, so, I like to write. I don't write lyrics or, or, or music, but, uh, I like to write screenplays. I'm into, like, film and short films. And, um, very cool. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a passion of mine. Um, and I hope to do something with it. But, uh, me personally, like I can't write unless if I'm like totally feeling it. Like I have to be like inspired in the mood. I just can't force it. And it can take weeks. It could be a month. Uh, sometimes I'm on a roll. Um, how does it work for you?
2: Definitely can't force it. I feel you. Uh, writing is a tricky thing, but it just comes from, you know whatever whatever inspiration you have and just different things that you live through so if you have a lot of different experiences to kind of work things off of mm-hmm. and when I sit down and try to write it, it doesn't really seem like I, I have much time struggling I guess I, it's, it's pretty simple but I also don't spend like a lot of time at once writing I guess I'll kind of sit down and, and work kind on of maybe a, a few paragraphs or a page mm-hmm. um, unless like for a screenplay, I guess the layout's a little different. It could be a few pages, but I mean, just like mm-hmm. I work on it slowly because, as you said, it's definitely not something you can really try and force. But
1: yeah, I have like a mini. I don't find myself
2: struggling too often. I
1: mean, every time I write, I try to have like a mini goal of like at least ten pages, but you, you know, you just can't force it. And um, yeah, I do carry it's a like lot, a,
2: a lot of pages.
1: Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, and um, but it, you probably feel the same way with like creating, you know, music and writing lyrics. Um, when you, when you create something out of nothing from your mind, like on paper, it's like a good feeling, like, uh, developing this whole story and world. And, um, for lyrics, um, I'm sure it's the same way, but, uh, I walk around with a, with a pen and like a little book because sometimes things come to me and I just have to like get it down, you know, on paper. But, um, uh, that, that's it, Don. What the, uh, I know
0: you had a question. Wait, no, yeah. No, yeah. What was, it? you said you were into short movies, uh, short stories.
1: Me. Yeah.
2: yeah, I uh, me and friends back home, we've been working on putting together some short films. Actually, it's a lot of fun, and we also would definitely love to grow at it and and do
0: something serious with it in the future. That's awesome. Have you guys done any uh like film festivals?
2: No, we have. We're we're currently in the process of like writing and and putting our first couple ones together.
1: Yeah, that's great, man. Um, I've done um. Uh... The uh, 48 hour film festivals Like a few of them And, and different contests With like uh, a group of guys That I work with And uh I got four scripts done I have submitted And thrown my stuff out there So uh good luck to you man If you guys are really Going for that that's Thank awesome.
2: you You as well Thank you Thank you Yeah you too That's I like, awesome I, I love, like, love to write it And it's just fun To create a new world
1: Yeah my thing is uh, Horror and sci-fi So that's what I, I Okay very to. cool <laughs> Donnie cool. got a question yeah,
0: no. Yeah, that's a, really that's a, a different scene. writing
1: style for me, so that's cool.
0: You were yeah. talking uh movies versus music?
1: Yeah, screenplays versus lyrics, I'm sure. Um uh, there there's uh pretty big differences, but uh but I like you said, Lucas, I'm sure it helps you with writing lyrics, you know, uh going outside oh, from yeah. where you're used to.
0: Would that be yeah. something are you interested in just creating character? Are you also interested in like things in front of the camera? What do you mean? Like uh so you said you you like being in the spotlight, so when you guys make a short story, do you have any uh, plans for, like, being an actor in it?
2: Yeah, definitely. Some yes, some no. It just uh, depends on what we're working on. But, yeah, I definitely enjoy being in front of the camera. Music video shoots and all that are, are always a good time.
0: So what would you say are your biggest movie influences?
2: Oh, I don't know. I couldn't even pinpoint. <laughs> it's like asking what my visit, visit, biggest music influences are, too. I don't really have a question, an answer for either of those questions.
1: Yeah.
0: You have a certain okay. genre, a certain a certain movie type you like, you prefer?
2: I I really enjoy comedies and action and then when you fuse the two, action okay. comedies are pretty great also. Nice, like uh personal. not too big on horror, but if it's done well, I get into it.
1: Yeah. I, I, so, you're, a, Go ahead. Don. What were you saying? No, I was going no, no, go to middle. <laughs> with, with comedies, Lucas, uh I'm I'm tough on comedies. Like they have to be really funny. Like I like a good mm-hmm. comedy, but it's got to be like good and I tend to like stupid comedies and old school ones like like Ace Ventura and like you know all those um, Adam Sandler flicks.
0: Okay. Yeah, definitely. So if you like if you like action comedy, uh Lucas, have you uh, ever watched any Edgar Wright movies?
1: I don't
2: believe so. Uh
0: Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Scott Pilgrim, The World's End. Mm-mm. No. Oh, you check no, that heard of all heard of all of them, but yeah, the, see, now, I'm big into directing. I love, I love everything about movies, really. I think cinephile is maybe the proper term, but, uh, Edgar Wright to me, along with Quentin Tarantino, excuse me, are two of the best filmmakers right now. Okay, currently. yeah, I
2: mean, uh, some of Quentin's work is pretty fucking phenomenal.
1: Phenomenal, yeah. Yeah,
0: he's... I, I love he's uh, dancing Qu- to the rhythm of his own drum.
1: I love Quentin's dialogue. He can make like something funny out of nothing like two dudes would be robbing a bank and they'll just be like talking about cheeseburgers, you know, uh, it's just freaking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's
2: he's done some great
0: work. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we're going to do a rapid fire with you. Um, This is a section where we're going to do stuff. You know, it's only maybe like a few minutes long, but it's pretty fun. Answer it as you will. Uh, it's just going to be fast. It's a this or that type thing. So it's gonna be real simple. I'm just gonna ask you a question. You answer between the two. Which you'd rather have, or maybe not have? But like, like if I say water or wine, what would you have right now?
2: If I take wine right now. I have a bottle
0: downstairs actually. <laughs> Old stuff, new nice. stuff, red, white. Um, Target baby.
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. Right, ninety five <laughs> Guess a job. That's chocolate. that yellow tail. <laughs> no, it's not yellow tail.
0: See, I dig. I dig a yellowtail every now and again. I will say, like, I don't drink that much wine—not as much as I used to. But you know, like a yellowtail, I can part with the six bucks because hey, I'm, I'm not that big of a am I'm,
1: I'm, I'm high society, baby. Kendall Jackson. <laughs> that's a, that's a joke. <laughs> but,
0: uh, yeah, I was gonna say because I don't even know what that is, but <laughs> no, it's, it's not expensive. Um,
1: at
0: all. <laughs> would you rather get stuck in Death Valley or stuck in Antarctica?
2: Being stuck in Antarctica would be pretty interesting. I'll take that. Fair
0: enough. Chicken wings or turkey legs? Chicken wings. You you don't know me that well, clearly. <laughs> Unless I do, and that's why I put it in. Now, <laughs> would you would you rather watch a Stanley Kubrick movie or a Ridley Scott movie? Uh I don't even know who either of those guys are. You just cut that one from the from Stanley the category. Kubrick. Two thousand one a Space Odyssey?
2: Okay, okay.
0: Eyes Wide Shut, The Shining, Ridley Scott, Prometheus. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll find that my my knowledge of
0: films and music is quite scarce.
2: I don't <laughs> do my research. I just enjoy them a lot.
0: That's cool, man. Whatever uh, floats your boat: hamburgers or hot dogs?
2: Ooh, hamburgers for sure. All
0: right, now I think you're a gamer here, so I'm gonna go on a on a limb and ask you: Would you rather have the original or the 1998 PlayStation release of Metal Gear Solid, or the sequel Metal Gear: Sons of Liberty?
2: Try out the old one. I haven't played either one of them, actually.
0: Wow. The old one. Yeah, I really love some of the metal gear. All the older ones are so good. The newer stuff I just can't wrap my head around is way too complex for me. Um, would you rather spend one day on Mars or one show? Play one show with a band that inspired you.
2: I, I might take the trips to Mars as long as I definitely have a way back. <laughs> all
0: right. <laughs> now you have a road trip, buddy. You have to pick one, little John or little Wayne. I can't say neither. <laughs> you can say neither if you want to, it's fine. It's uh, it's your episode. <laughs>
1: I was gonna throw a have... so and say what? <laughs> like, like <that> <laughs> I
2: would actually,
0: I'd take, uh, i take a little John, I think he'd be a party starter wherever we'd go for sure.
1: Yeah. it would just be a
0: good time. You have yeah. only one band you can listen to for the rest of your life. You're locked in a cage. In Sync or Donnie and Marie Osmond Show tunes. Gimme in sync. In <laughs> sync all the way.
1: I was gonna say third option. <laughs> you didn't even hesitate for that.
0: That was like nah, right man. on there. In sync on the money. Uh would you rather be stuck on a tropical island or a snow cap mountain?
2: Well, I'll take the tropical island. That's I I, I would people. visit Antarctica, but I can't stay that cold forever. I gotta go somewhere nice.
0: As, aren't you from Chicago though?
2: No, the band's out of Chicago. I'm from
0: Wisconsin, so pretty much uh it's still pretty cold up in Wisconsin though. It's yeah, pretty cold. <laughs> I functioned out of, uh, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin for okay. a short period of time. Uh, there's a racetrack up there that we all, uh, ran to, but, uh, it was way too cold in wintertime for me. I'm from Florida, yeah. man. i a subtropical environment guy. <laughs> uh, uh <laughs> which, uh, which year of your life, if you could pick one, would you relive?
2: Maybe year five.
0: I had a great birthday that year at a roller skating rink. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty, pretty specific, awesome. man. I don't remember anything it's about, like, great. anything really remember, before 10 years old. <laughs> I don't
1: remember what I ate yesterday. My, my memory's so short.
0: <laughs> would you, uh, would you rather play a big music festival or a small headlining show?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one
2: to, to choose between. Um well, I guess for the sake of it, I'll just go for a big old music festival. But honestly, I mean, you can't really choose between
0: those two. 'Cause isn't isn't the small venue much more intimate, especially if you don't have the fence and the security there. Yeah, it's people great. Are like it's up awesome. on the stage. Yep.
2: I always but say in that the that festival was there's a, just thousands of people go ahead. That's awesome. It's that's
0: fun. Yeah, that's the one thing I always thought was a buzzkill though, because when I feel when I was growing up, when I was younger, it was always like you got right to the front of the stage because we were seeing all these like really small bands that nobody ever heard of unsigned and you know you could just you know pit essentially with the band and then as we matured we started listening to more uh popular bands. Uh would you rather have a life without sex or a life without music?
2: Life without damn you pick some hard Good question, ones. Dog. Yeah
0: they only they only get worse. <laughs> they only get worse. Ugh.
2: I mean I guess a life without music somehow.
0: <laughs> it's alright, man. You can nice. you can just take both on that one. That's like the one that I tried to, the other night with somebody else. It was like the same reaction like, that was yeah, that like that's fucked up, man. Yeah. <laughs> what would I you mean, I with can them? figure out a different career. <laughs> you you just you stick with the sex whatever it is, you gotta have the sex. Yeah, I'll,
2: I'll do something else in my life, honey to be a musician. I'll I'll scrub you- floors.
0: So what would you do if you had a choice? Like if you were like, let's say even you know school or whatever. If you just right now said I gotta go out, no music, what would you do?
2: I don't know. I probably put around with film a lot more than I am right now.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. So w- if you
2: or pick- uh, just writing in general, that'd be that'd be a fun career.
0: If you could write for a living, that would be a fun sure. career. Kind of have that freedom, you know. I know Quentin Tarantino sits in his pool all day and <laughs> types when he wants to. Yeah, so. I mean that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> all right now pick between one of the three you got a recording studio writing or performing which would you rather do right now performing fair enough especially
2: with right. the tour coming up i think it's kind of where is my that, head's at
0: is that something you get excited about like when you sit down oh, yeah. for long enough you want to go perform when you perform you want to get in the studio yeah. when you the studio you want to
2: yeah like it's a it's nice big cycle you know it always one always kind of gets you ready for, for the other homeworks it's way into being being on the road and performing definitely will give you an itch to get back home and kind of live your regular life.
0: Okay, now I got the last one for you, which is the big one. And it's not really this or that. It's just like how I like ending these things, so fuck it. Uh, many, many years from now, you decide to settle down. Upon announcing your departure from music, two people contact you. The first person is a pro ball team owner who thinks you'd make a great coach in the future and offers you a job as an assistant coach on his team. The second... Is a major record label owner who offers you a job managing and producing big time bands like some of the ones you mentioned, either like, you know, like Tool or Panic at the Disco or a band like that. Which one would you sign for? Hmm.
2: I don't know. I did mention I was an athlete earlier. It'd be pretty interesting to get out of the music realm and coach.
0: I did my research. (laughs) That'd
2: be a pretty cool career to have too.
0: So would you go for the coaching?
2: Sure. Maybe I would. I don't know. Time will tell, right? Maybe. Maybe the Brewers will hit me up and
0: ask me if I want to coach for them. <laughs> you never know. You can always hope, you know.
1: <laughs> um, hey, do you have
0: any questions? Yeah,
1: yeah, I do have a question. Um, Lucas, uh, I can imagine, but like, you know, being a part of a band, um, there's like a lot of, uh, you know, differences of like a, opinion and stuff. Um, how, how hard is it to – well, actually, how important is it to be – a part of a group that are like, like-minded and on the same page, want to go in the same direction as far as like sound and, and um, because I can imagine it's, you know, being in a band is like a, like a team, you know, like a football team or a baseball team. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's definitely important because everyone wants to be appreciated, you know, and everyone wants to have their say and work in the ideas that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, you're right. Everyone is going to have to agree. And we just kind of take the overall best idea, the idea that everyone in the room Mm-hmm. is kinda of going for and you have a lot of different opinions both in and and outside of the band. Uh and it, it's a pretty fun atmosphere to work with in.
0: Cool, cool. Is there so ever guys... a moment where where you guys disagree? And then you have to like
2: Oh yeah, it happens, but we just you know, you just gotta figure it out and that's what your producer's there for is to be like, Yeah, you know, you guys are disagreeing, I choose this one. So that, that's pretty much what we're gonna do. Yeah, or you retrack it and find something
1: else. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are like really diplomatic about it. That's cool. That's cool. Um, working with uh short films and stuff, yeah, it's it's it can be like kind of an issue, man. Um, bumping heads and stuff. Yeah, it it can definitely. And and the sad part is that it can hurt like the 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 um, project. You know what you're going for. You know, if you got people bumping heads and stuff.
2: But um. Yeah, time wasting. Yeah, gets you every time.
1: Yep.
0: I think it also kills younger projects. So before you can ever get signed by yeah. a big yep. uh, picture studio or a big record label, I think a lot of that, that kind of like infighting can really lead to a lot of destruction of, of small groups of people trying to accomplish things in the entertainment industry. Definitely.
1: Yeah, we, we had like a, um, we have, we've had like several actors and, uh, this director, um, Hilton Ruiz on and, uh, we were picking his brain about like the film industry and, You know, we asked him, he said, how, how hard is it to get into that industry? And, you know, how did, how did you make it pretty much? And, and he said like a lot of it was like luck. He was like, it's hard work, but a big part of it is like luck and who you know. Um, is it kind of like that in the music industry?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: But you also,
0: did you, sorry, to, to add on to that, didn't you also like, uh, not audition, but didn't you contact Samarian or somebody about the band about being part of their, uh, being part of the lineup?
2: I contacted the manager and absolutely didn't know anybody. And I just got lucky that the band was willing to take a chance because they definitely could have went with a more reputable name. Mm-hmm. Someone who they knew wasn't going to flop the first time they went out on stage, you know, and mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily know that about me. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Dave, you're to say something?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was going to, um, just say that, uh, have you know, ask ha- having this happen to you, Lucas, and this opportunity, um, did do you think it's like fate? Do you believe in that?
2: I believe in a sort of karma. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you say it's more?
0: Had something to do with it? It's more fate, or it's more hard work making it in the industry. I,
2: it definitely is going to take the hard work. You're not just. I don't. I don't necessarily know if anyone's going to make it just by trying to imagine it hard enough but
1: yeah I've if you school. work at it
2: and you think about it and spend the time you know then it's just it's inevitable to me do, do you feel i like... just think it's a decision you're either you're either going to decide to do everything that you need to do or you're going to decide to do something else with your life and it really comes down with anything not just being in the music industry but just setting a goal and doing it you know i mean all all things you know no matter what you're pursuing is going to take a lot of hard work and a little bit of luck
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me you know it's funny that um several of the guests we've had on they've had no backup plan so it's like they're like gung ho like i'm you know we're going to make it i'm going to make it or not so uh um I, i'm sure uh, do you feel go ahead, Don. Do,
0: do you mimic that that sentiment sorry that dave was talking about you know that that uh it's got to be like everybody in the industry is like this has got to be it and we got to make, make it at least in your circles
2: That's how I approached it. I didn't give myself a choice. I wasn't interested in what I was going to do without it because to me, without it just, you know, wasn't an option. I I just was going to do it. And one day a a good opportunity came came upon me and and I got a little lucky, you know, and luckily, and all uh, the hard work that I had done leading up to that point paid off. Mm -hmm. You were saying something, Dave? Sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah. I got one more question. Um, for for Lucas uh, so Lucas like end goal for you like what what do you hope to accomplish in the music industry do you, you want to like do the Grammy thing like what are you what are you looking for
2: honestly I just I want to make an impact um, I chose music as just a way to say what I have to say and hopefully make someone's day so my overall goal whether I end in music or I end up doing something else I mean I have all sorts of things that I want to do honestly I, I mean I'm pretty young this is Kind of just like the starting point of my career. I have all sorts of things that I'm kind of going after. And I just want to be able to say that, you know, I did everything that I wanted to do and I had
0: a positive impact. Uh, you know what's so funny? Sad. No, no. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, you know what's funny, Lucas, is that, um, the you know, the successful people that we had on the show, they've had the same attitude. Like they they've done they're doing what they're doing because they're passionate about it and they have, like, a positive attitude and wanted to, like, inspire people and get messages out there. So that's an interesting, uh like, paragraph. Exactly,
2: you know, that's what, like, that's what the arts, I think, are really for is just mm-hmm. speaking your mind in, in whatever form that is, even if it's mm-hmm. not talking, even if it's through something mm-hmm. visual, you know. So anyone who is going to listen to it or see it or read it after it can take something from it and can potentially learn from it.
1: Yeah, and, 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 you know, going back to the karma thing that you mentioned, if you're in it for the wrong reasons, you're, you know, it's probably gonna backfire on you, you know, if you're in it for, uh, money, you know, and not for the passion of it, you're probably not gonna I'll Look go at Millie Vanilli. It. Oh dude, what yeah. they did was ridiculous though. <laughs> <laughs> Talk
2: about yeah. being in it for the wrong reasons.
1: Yeah, totally.
2: Yeah, I mean, and those people generally end up pretty unhappy, but that's like doing anything for the wrong reasons, and you're gonna end up unhappy in the long, long run.
1: For sure, man.
0: That's fair uh, enough. Fair enough. Is there is so there much. anything? I think so, honestly, in everything. I mean, I think we're trying to make this a success and working our asses off at it too. And uh, <clears throat> is there anything you want to plug for anybody listening? Uh anything you guys have coming up? Anything, you know, they want to tours or releases?
2: Yeah, we just got this European tour coming up, and then we uh we're gonna get down to business and try- and get some material put together for everyone. So, I really appreciate you guys having me on and hopefully cool. we can talk again.
1: Yeah, yeah we enjoyed awesome. it. I
0: enjoyed it, Dave.
1: Yeah, do you I, have anything I, else you want to add? No, it was um very insightful. I had a great time uh, you know, learning learning things about the industry and, and about your life, uh Lucas and, and career. Um thanks for being on, you know. It was it was an absolute pleasure. Of course. Yeah,
0: yeah I appreciate it. it. Thanks, I um, appreciate it. Yeah, I am, I am. So hold on the line one second, Lucas. I'm just going to take us out. Uh, everybody, you can find us at, uh, Funny Blunt Truth Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, please subscribe to us on iTunes, like, comment, whatever you want. Uh, Podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions or concerns, address them to Dave. Uh, <laughs> for our special guest, Lucas Magar, uh, did I pronounce that correctly? Megar, Magar? Megar. yep. Yeah. Pretty Magar. much nailed it. Oh, thank you for Lucas, right, uh, Dave, my co-host, <laughs> Dave, my co-host and myself, Don, this has been episode 29. Yeah. 29. <laughs> 20 blunt truths. We'll see you guys on the next one.